Percy, can you imagine a world where no one ever extended a hand of help to those who needed it? You know, Wayne, I can't, but but I must admit there have been times, particularly in the past year, that has made me wonder quite a bit about this. Yeah. But but the Bible clearly tells us that we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Perhaps this is something we should talk more about and listen to an amazing testimony of someone who believes in this very strongly. We will. She's a social worker who says she works with cancer patients to fill in the gap for them in their time of need. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae. Pastor P is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. We're here each week with uh, different perspectives and help and hope and interview guests who join us as well. We're going to meet Angie here today, Percy. Yeah, Angie is an amazing human being with an amazing spirit and a zeal for life and a zeal to love and help people. If you haven't been excited, you're going to get really excited by listening to her today. She likes to say she fills in the gap, and we'll learn what that's all about here as you meet Angie in just a few moments on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Take advantage of our website, not only to subscribe to this podcast, but also to download free resources to answer a question of the week and more, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Speaking of that question, here's this week's question. Has anyone ever extended their hand to help you when you needed it the most? When and what did they do? Has anyone ever extended their hand to help you? And when do they do it? And what do they do? Give us your testimony when you answer at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. I assure you, these answers are listened to. They're read and processed. And Percy, many times as you read them, it gives you ideas for what we talk about here on the podcast. They absolutely do. They help germinate ideas and, and conceptualization of conversations. And so with that, please continue to respond. We do appreciate it. And on that note, I'm going to read uh, an answer from one of our previous questions that have been asked. And the question is, have you ever struggled with not being sure who you were in God? And if so, what was the struggle? And one of our faithful listeners from San Jose, New Mexico. Hey, San Jose. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically responded and said this, I have been a Christian believer for many, many years, but I often fall short of being the best representative of Christ. I can often be very impatient with people when they disappoint me and lose my temper. But I go back to God's word that reminds me that I'm a new creature in Christ and nothing can separate me from the love of God that he would stick closer than a brother. I get right back on my horse when I fall (laughs) off and keep pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God. That's what we all should be doing, huh? (laughs) Absolutely. And let me say to my uh, listener in San Jose, me too. So with that being said, (laughs) you're not alone, friend. You're not alone. Well, let's turn to God's word before we meet Angie here in a moment. Would you share something with us? Our spiritual nugget and the platform that will help build and establish today's conversation is found in Ezekiel, the 22nd chapter, verse number 30, and it reads as follows. And I sought for one man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, 
that I should not destroy it, but I found none. May that not be said of any of us that's listening to today's broadcast. With locations in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact a member of our team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Recently, Percy had an opportunity to talk with this lady you're going to meet now. Her name is Angie, and boy, this is a great conversation to come. Percy? Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm excited, as always, to be with you. And I have another great guest, and she's actually been on the show before. It's been quite a while, and so uh, we're bringing her back to kind of share some more information with regard to the respective work that she does at Cancer Treatment Centers of America Atlanta. Uh, She is a social worker, has been there now for seven and a half years. And so welcome to the show, Angelicia Farrell. How are you doing, my dear? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me back. Oh, that's good. It's good to have you back. Well, you look well, you sound well, and uh, I'm excited. We've all been on this lockdown with COVID, and so, you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. We haven't had a lot of contact, so I'm excited uh, to have you with us today. Let's talk a little bit about the work that you do, obviously, again, as a social worker. And I'm not sure if, if a lot of people understand the, the dynamics of social work in the context of the cancer space and the cancer community. So first mm-hmm. and foremost, before we get into that, what motivated you to be a social worker? I'm always interested in what motivates people to do the things that they do. Oh, wow. I would tell you, um, I started out at Morgan State University born as a business major. And um, as every student goes, you you get to the school and you're like, wow, and you don't go to class. <laughs> you look at your second semester and you got a, like a 1.4. Mm-hmm. And so I had my uncle who told me, you have two choices. You can either figure this out or you're going to be homeless. And so I went back to school, talked to my friends. We're playing cards. I said, guys, I got to do something different. And they said, Angie, you need to take a group dynamics class because you like to talk. And because you like to talk, you'll probably get an A in the class. Went to the class and um, all you did was talking. Mm-hmm. And then a judge came to the classroom to present to us. Okay. And they uh, needed juvenile advocates. And they said, we had these kids coming out of juvenile detention and no mentor. And we're going to pay you $10 an hour. So back in 1986, $3.35 yeah. an hour. And you get $10 an hour. So, oh, let me do this. Mm. But something happened. I fell in love with serving others. And um, I can't describe it. It's just something that is in me that um, I don't get tired. And that was my first introduction of um, really being involved with people who were in need. Okay. And so that's how I got in in the field. 
so you you you're you're in that social workspace. You you know very serendipitously you you entered into this, uh, and you're working in an oncology environment. And again, as most people should know or understand. You know there are challenges uh, working with that with that community for very various different reasons, and so let's talk about what is the actual role of of a social worker or social work with cancer patients. What exactly is that, and why why yeah. should people uh, understand that? So we are a profession that fill in the gaps for our patients. Um, when you think of social work, think of Financially, what will I do if I become diagnosed with cancer? Um, what are the resources that are out there for me to even afford my cancer care? Okay. Um, we have we are a destination center, what the organization that I work for, and um, our patients travel from all over the country to come to us. Mm. It could get expensive, and sometimes the barrier for our, for the patient would be financially. I can't afford to travel up and down the road. So there are grants out there that we know about, and we will help facilitate and partner with different community organizations to help the patient get the grant. Okay. We're also therapists. We're licensed therapists where we can do therapy ah. um, for our patients, which um, a lot of uh, people don't know. Social workers, we do the whole gamut okay. from therapy to um, talking to patients about the end of life. That's another skill set that we have that we're trained um, to do. Okay. And so- Social worker, we do everything and we support. We're kind of the glue that holds all of this stuff together for the patients and sometimes for the organization that you work for. Okay. Okay. And it's important. I think that that matters. And you're right. I've been in this space, you know, for a long, long time. And and there are a lot of incidental kind of behind the scene things that come up that that may be prohibitive of people from being able to do certain things that obviously uh, the social work industry and area can assist and provide support to them. And I think that people need to be aware of that. What, if if you don't mind, what are some of the helpful things that uh, cancer patients need to know about social work specifically? They need to know that when they have a question about disability, we are your expert. Uh, we uh, are your expert when it comes to I need, um, I'm going to be out to work for the next six months and I'm trying to understand what is my short-term and long-term disability and how can that impact me? Okay. Um, even when we look at the stimulus bill was just passed um, a couple of months ago, Yeah. how will that impact me? We're, we're constantly reading, um, I belong to an organization, um, National Social Work Organization, mm. that gives us literature on how different bills and legislation will impact our patients. Okay. Um, and we look for how can we utilize what's being put out there to help our patient go on their journey of healing. Because we do call it a journey of healing whenever our patients are diagnosed with cancer, whether it's emotional healing, physical healing, or financial healing. Okay. That's, that's important. And I think that a lot of people should be aware of that, obviously. And so, again, in helping people to move through the pipeline of, yes. of the system of clinical care. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, cancer patients have a lot already on their plate that they're trying to psychologically manage, emotionally manage, physically manage. Mm-hmm. And yet there are still those practical things that, you know, need to be addressed and understood as well. And so you guys come in to play a a vital role with regard to that. Um, Ultimately, at the end of the day, I think that one of the things that you do, and I'd like for you to speak to this, is 
also helping and assisting patients to reintegrate back into their local community once they finish with their clinical care. Talk about that a little bit. So we really encourage our patients to um, not disconnect from the community that they live in. Mm. It's easy to disconnect from your local care. Okay. Um, But it's important that we keep them connected, whether it's um, with their primary care doctors, whether it's with their local community, faith-based community, Mm. um, because our patients become isolated. And they become isolated because of their physical appearance or they're, they're physically unable to even go into um, the grocery store, go to their doctor, or even go to the faith-based community where they once were. And the phone calls stop often once you start treatment and you're in it nine, ten months. The phone calls come far through in between. And so it's important that we continue to encourage our patients to stay connected to the local community. And even if they come to, um, they start getting treatment, their emotional health, we're really talking about how do we stay, get our patients to stay connected to their emotional health. Okay. Sometimes they do need therapy. Sometimes they do need a medication to, to put their, their equal balance out to help them get sleep. Mm. And if we're doing it at our center, then how do we help that patient get connected in their own community? Community is important for the healing. Um, you go to your local grocery store, you're walking in your neighborhood, your neighbors see you, and it makes you feel better. Yeah. And so how do we stop our patients from being so isolated uh, once they do have that cancer diagnosis? And it's that word of encouragement saying, hey, keep with your primary care doctor, continue to go and, and walk in your neighborhood. Um, the pandemic has brought out all kinds of things in um mm. And, and, and people and, and humanity has brought that out in us. Yeah. How do we check on that neighbor that we know that's in the home, isolated, and really hadn't seen anybody yeah. but just to yeah. FaceTime? Okay. And so really um, helping them navigate uh, through that and, and encouraging them to do that, um, I think is real helpful, and we do that a lot. Yeah, you're right. Uh, COVID-19 has literally changed the landscape of the world and and all of our interactions and our engagements and and disconnected a lot of people from a lot of, uh, you know, uh, relationships, et cetera, et cetera. So you're exactly correct. Let's shift gears and talk a little bit about the the faith uh, component or the spiritual component. You're a woman of faith. You're uh, you have a, a deep, intrinsic and abiding faith. Uh, from your perspective as a social worker, how important do you think uh, faith and spirituality is to cancer patients while in a clinical environment to manage and negotiate, you know, in some cases, what can be the rigors of treatment and side effects? Yeah, faith is real strong. It's, it's a very, I think it's probably one of the key components because um, with faith, you can do anything. And faith is being able to know that the doctor is telling me this, but I know that the, the higher power that I serve tells me this. Okay. And okay. being able to understand, it is a reason that the wind blows. It's a reason that the bird can fly so high mm-hmm. that you can't sometimes can't even see it. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about faith with our patients, it's a calmness that comes over them. Um, and I and I tell my patients often. I'm walking by faith, hoping that my steps don't end. Okay. But if my steps do end, do understand that I enjoy this thing called life. Mm-hmm. And every day we get a fresh 24. 
And I challenged them, what are you going to do with your Fresh 24? Mm. What is it going to look like to you? Um, where I, I work, um, I'm known as a realistic lady. <laughs> and I'm known as a realistic lady because I said I put on a real lipstick because it makes me get excited about life. Okay. It makes me feel alive. And knowing that my faith drives me to do everything that I do because I understand that what I do is bigger than me. You know, what I do, I often tell my patients, I would do this job for free. Yeah, I really yeah. would be a social worker for free okay. because I, I love it so much. I feel sometimes like an NBA basketball player mm. doing the profession that I so love so much. Because when you can give of yourself unconditionally and expect nothing in return, your faith is so far extended. And uh, it's just, I can't, I can't describe it. It's just... It makes me full even talking about how I use my faith to get me from point A to point B and how I help my patients understand that if, even if you have, as the words that faith of a mustard seed, yeah. and that we can really look at what a mustard seed looks like, mm. it's real, real small. Yeah, it's very so terrible. we're going to focus on that, that, that smallest thing and push that in the atmosphere, push that positively out there. And it's nothing that we can't do together. Praise God. And um, I, uh, my goal is when my patients walk in, they walk out a different creature. Okay. That's what, that's, that's, that's my goal. <laughs> that's a good goal, man. That's a really good goal <laughs> at the end of the day. And so with it that is. being said, and, you know, our last question for today is then what gives you hope? So what gives me hope? And I talk about this often. Um, hope is not in a building. Hope is not in people. Hope is what you have in here, mm. in your heart. Mm. And when you have hope in your heart, it resonates on the outside. And people can see it. People can see that light. Mm -hmm. And um, I often tell the patients, take your cell phone out. Take a selfie. Because you're what hope looks like. Mm. You know, often every morning I walk in my office, I look in my mirror. I put my red lipstick on, <laughs> and then I have a book that I get out. It's a just a lot of uh, it's a daily book of positive thinking, and I just turn to a page, and I read it. Okay, and it reminds me that I'm too what hope looks like. Wow, hope is in all of us. It's just what we have on the inside. Is it going to radiate to radiate to the outside where people can see it, and they draw hope off of you? Because yeah. when my patients present in front of me, I feel as though I'm robbing them yeah. because I'm not, I feel like I'm not giving enough back to them. Mm. Um, but six, seven months down the road, a patient will come to me and say, you know, I have a lot of selfies in my phone because you reminded me that I'm what hope looks like, too. Wow. And then when I when I hear that, it gives me more strength to continue to do what I do. What we do is heavy. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah. But I'm reminded that um, if I have hope on the inside, someone would see it on the outside. And yeah. that's what I strive to do. Amen. And that's what hope looks like to me. Today, you've heard from Angelicia Farrell. She is the social worker at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Atlanta. They're now seven and a half years. Uh, helping us to understand the value, the role, and the importance of social work in the cancer space and the cancer community. And more importantly, hey, take a picture of her. She's what hope looks like today. 
I am grateful for your selfie and for your portrait of hope, my dear. And so today I am more hopeful just because I get to look at you and to hear you. And may that continue to be the case for everyone that you come in contact with today. Be blessed, encouraged and enlarged in the work that you do. Hey, send a selfie to someone today, Angelie, so they need to see what hope looks like. God bless you. Thank you so much, dear. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. All right. Of course, that was pre-recorded, and Percy's with me in the studio here. And Percy, isn't it great? You're like this too, isn't it? Great to be with someone. You feel better when you're done and walk away from the conversation. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And there's something to be said about when people come into your presence. The Bible says that uh, there were people who who walked across the shadow of Christ mm. and, and and was touched by and and received and felt something just by walking past his shadow. Yeah. I think that God will allow us, if we allow him to, uh, to use us in such a way that people who will get into our environment and in our space can feel an energy and feel better and be blessed as a result of being in our company. And that certainly is the case with Angie. She's just an amazing, energetic, wonderful, God-fearing woman. Yeah. Well, what happens when two encouragers and servants get together and talk? We just heard it with uh, Percy and with Angie here today. We'll talk more in just a moment. Have you ever wanted to find answers to your cancer-related questions? With Cancer Center for Alexa, now you can. The Cancer Center for Alexa skill is a voice-activated question and answer tool empowering users to ask Alexa questions they may have about cancer or services available at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The skill can answer, get this, over 800 questions on more than 40 different cancer types, symptoms, risk factors, and treatment options. To access this tool, you or anyone you support can simply say Alexa, enable Cancer Center to any Amazon device. You can also access the tool on any smartphone by downloading the Alexa app. The Cancer Center for Alexa Skills, a great service. Well, Percy, let's talk about Angie and what she brought to the program here today. She is indeed one of those people that just is infectious with her encouragement and uh, her spunk, I'll call it, right? Yeah, I, I, I love her. I love her energy. And again, you're right. I'm a high energy guy at the end of the day. And my energy level was risen by being in the presence of her energy level. Yeah. So that's a that's a dangerous yeah. no, combination. I was going to say that's kind of dangerous, yeah. <laughs> But but in all seriousness, Angie is a just a sincere and genuine human being that, you know, she helped us to understand that first and foremost, she basically got into the field of social work uh, by really helping, you know, troubled teens mm-hmm. where she fell in love with 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 providing services and, and supporting people. So I, I love everything about uh, who she is and how she became the person and the social worker that she is today. Yeah, yeah, there's there's something that runs very deep here in this lady's life. And, you know, you can tell a lot about a person by what they do with their life, and she's certainly serving well. Well, you know, she, she's driven around the idea, as she stated, by helping cancer patients reconnect to community resources. And, you know, you and I were talking a little bit before we actually recorded this show, is that you know, a lot of people may not be aware of a lot of community resources that are available to mm-hmm. cancer patients. Mm-hmm. And part of her role is to connect patients to financial support, uh, transportation in the community if they don't have a car, uh, different things that are available that cancer patients may really benefit from. She takes great joy and pride 
Uh, and as she said, that she would do her job for free <laughs> in helping connect people to those community resources at the end of the day. Yeah. And she's not alone, is she? I mean, you you know these folks. You, you know them in the different cities where there are cancer treatment centers located. You know their servant hearts. Well, here's the deal. You can't, you know, you can't be consistently over a long period of time be directly connected to the cancer community from a supportive perspective or from a help perspective if you don't genuinely have a heart of service because it's it's hard work it's difficult in some cases you see very a difficult and complicated dynamics that cancer patients are experiencing and struggles that they have and if you don't have a heart of compassion and empathy uh you know the the mind of christ if you will it's just going to be very difficult to have any type of longevity in that arena because you know you can become compassion fatigued yourself at the end of the day so you have to have some supernatural help and strength that is actually enabling you to go beyond your own natural resources and uh you're right i i know hundreds of people across the country at all of our centers that very much are wired and geared toward being those individuals and anointed to do that type of work. Yeah, it just it's a it's a gift. It really is. It's the it's the spirit of the Lord working through folks like that that I that I that's how I view it anyway. I think you probably do as well. Well, yeah, I, I've come to terms a long time ago. Uh, one of my spiritual mentors who are no, who is no longer with us, Dr. Dr. Miles Monroe, wrote a wonderful book. I think his first book was called The Power of Purpose. And, you know, even before the Purpose Driven Life book was written, uh, he is the person that really opened up my consciousness to the idea of that everybody has been created with a gift and that's and that gift is tied to a specific purpose and for a specific work. And one of the unfortunate dynamics is is watching human beings attempt to do something that they are not gifted to be the purpose of their life and therefore they they're not gifted to execute that purpose. And so uh, it would be the equivalent of someone asking me to sit down and do their taxes and be their accountant. Mm. I don't like numbers and I don't want to spend much time with a calculator at the end of the day. I'm not wired, I'm not gifted, and I'm not uh, anointed to do that type of work. There is a specific gifting and calling that's been placed upon me just as it is everyone else. And as I often tell people, thank God when I came, showed up for my job, the Lord didn't give my job away to someone else. Mm-hmm. He held my job for mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. showed up for it. Just in case someone is listening and say, yeah, well, that's her job. That's what she's paid to do. Well, she answered that, didn't she? She said, I'd do this even if I weren't paid. Uh, we just have to look around us for opportunities. We don't have to be professional caregivers, do we? We can, we can just step in and meet people's needs right where we are. Well, I think the true test of a servant of God is someone who does what they do. Obviously, we have to make a living and we have bills to pay and, and so on and so forth. But again, you know, I've had the privilege of working with a tremendous long-term individual in a certain uh, field. But after spending so much time with him, I know that at the end of the day, in his heart, what he does is who he is, and Mm -hmm. he would do it for free. And before he probably got paid, he probably did it pretty much for free. His name is Wayne Shepard. So the same thing is true about any of us at the end of the day. If you are showing up every day on your job and you only go there because you're getting a paycheck, nine times out of 10, you are not stepping and walking in your God-driven purpose. 
uh, I was doing what I'm doing right now before I ever had a microphone. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, as a kid growing up, I used to practice speaking publicly with a with a hairbrush in my Did hand. Did you really? Were you one of those and guys? My mom, <laughs> yeah, my mom can confirm this, and I would stand in the mirror and pretend that I was speaking to an audience. You know, when I was nine and eleven and twelve years old, before I ever had any idea uh, that I would be doing <laughs> the things that I do now. So right. with that, that that is a true sign and and testament to the fact that you're walking and living in your purpose. And believe me, for a long time, I was doing this for free, a long time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Angie, if you are listening today, and I think you might be, I just want to say thank you for your spirit, for your service, for your encouragement, and for the example that you are to to the rest of us of how to go about doing what you do and do it with, uh, with joy. It really was inspiring. Well, as she said, she loves to give of herself unconditionally, and she expects nothing in return. Angie, as your brother and as your cohort and your co-laborer, I love you as well. And we support the work that you do. Thank you so much for making a difference in the lives of cancer patients everywhere. All right. Maybe you need a little encouragement. And we have a resource called Practical Needs of Cancer Patients. These are the things that, you know, these are the gap things that Angie was talking about, the things that we don't normally think about that come up every day in the life of someone who has a cancer diagnosis, practical needs of cancer patients. Percy, this can be downloaded free of charge. That is correct. This is available to you. It will give you practical insight of things that you can do right where you are. You don't need a degree. You don't need a job. And you really don't need many people's permission other than the person that you're uh, reaching out to to basically begin to look at what are some of their practical needs that you can help service right where they are. So we generated this resource to stimulate thought around some things that may fall off of people's radar and you're not even considering, like cutting someone's grass as an example. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Let me tell a great story. Uh, There was a cancer patient that I served and uh, that I supported for many years. And she went into kind of an emotional kind of breakdown at the hospital because she had to stay an extended period of time beyond what she had expected. She was single and she was a, a bit older. And her whole thing was she used to cut her own grass. And she said, and she had an emotional meltdown, like my grass is not gonna get cut. Uh-huh. And I asked her, I said, do you belong to a local church? And she said that she does. I said, we're gonna pray and believe that God is gonna touch the hearts of somebody in your local church who are going to consider the fact that you are not at home, you are single, and that they'll, you know, they'll go by and cut their cut your grass. And mm-hmm. sure enough, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so again, these are types of things that we can do readily and we can make a big difference and be a huge blessing in the lives of individuals. This resource is going to help outline some of those types of things that you may not consider, but think about if you were not able to do the things that you do in your everyday life would you be benefited by someone who would fill in the gap and do that on your behalf? All right. Well, before we leave today, let's circle back on the scripture that uh, formed the basis and the foundation for our program. Yes, sir. And so now this scripture will really make sense. Ezekiel 22, as our spiritual nugget, and verse 30 basically says this, and I sought for a man, or to be politically correct, a woman. Mm-hmm. I sought for someone among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. The challenge today is, do you live near, around, do you attend church with or associate it with someone who has cancer today and can you somehow perhaps help fill in the gap on their behalf 
May it not be said, as the scripture said, that the Lord looked for someone who would stand in the gap and couldn't find anyone. We all can do something to make a difference in the lives of a cancer patient today. May that be you as you are inspired by the spirit of the Lord, as Angie is, to do this and do it without recognition and do it without pay if that required to do so. Be a blessing to someone today. Help stand in the gap and help fill in the gap on behalf of someone who has cancer. That is Reverend Percy McRae. He is Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening. I love you, brother. We'll see you next time. I love you more. Thank you so much. And remember, everyone, we've got work to do. So keep chopping the wood. God bless you guys. And join us again for health, hope, and inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialist about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.